0: the national toy hall of fame has announced its next class of inductees and i'm guessing a lot of babies voted because the winner was the box it comes in royal caribbean is looking for volunteers to go on test cruises (laughs) now it sounds fun all you need is your bathing suit and to sign 8,000 documents saying you won't sue mcdonald's announced that it is planning to test a plant-based sandwich called the mcplant Finally something they won't be sold out of every time I go. Do you have any McPlants left? Yeah, all of them.
1: From the After 9 Podcast Studios, this is After 9 with Scott and Kat. It is Remembrance Day.
0: Today. It certainly is, Cat. Mm-hmm.
1: Yes. A different one. A different one than usual because we're being asked, don't gather. Don't you dare gather at the Cenotaph, uh, which is strange but a very important request. Do you think people, some people, will still try to gather around those spots around 11 o'clock? Uh,
0: you know, if they do, I really can't even fault them for it. Yeah. I mean, it, it's a day where I think a lot of us... Not everybody, but a lot of us feel an obligation to remember and an obligation to pay tribute. And whether you go and just reflect for a few minutes or you say a prayer or whatever it is, I think today's uh, an important day on our calendar. Mm -hmm. I do wish it got a little more attention. I mean, it's nice that transit pulls over. That's a sobering thought for a lot of people when the entire transit system grinds to a halt for two minutes. It is serene and quiet at 11 a.m. because most people do go quiet. We're all encouraged to go social media quiet at 11 a.m. for a few minutes. Avoid sending out those tweets or doing those Facebook posts. It's a good day to think about what we have Mm -hmm. and why we have it. Remembrance Day is an important one on the calendar. Yeah.
1: I totally agree with you. And when you think about the years and years of sacrifice and everything that we're hearing about, right, the fallen heroes, the veterans, the ones who are dealing with PTSD from everything that they've seen. And I know uh, a lot of there's a lot of great programs, by the way, you can donate to that do help um, those uh, those people, those heroes. Uh, You think two minutes, you know, two minutes. That's all. That's all they get. I mean, I think that there is more that we could do. I totally agree with you. So if that's the least that we're doing, then then that's the least we can do. Oh, and I want to mention, too, uh, I know we we do have a lot of listeners of the podcast from the, the states. And in the states, it is uh, Veterans Day there. So they don't celebrate the same way that we do here in Canada. We have the poppy. Everybody knows the poppy in Flanders Fields is where that came from. But there's a lot of great ways that we can help this year because we did mention no cenotaphs. Cenotaphs are out. So maybe people are asking that question. Go to thepoppyfund.ca. They actually have a really cute store. I'm just looking and browsing at it now. They have stuff for all ages, everything you could think of, and every cent will go toward the Legion and great causes that the Legion's support for our veterans and their families.
0: Okay. Good reminder. Uh, Coming up in this podcast, we're going to talk a little bit about justice. Marco Muzo, in particular, and a story that happened in Kitchener, Ontario, about uh, five kids... And they literally are kids. Some of them aren't even teenagers yet. They're under that age. And all of them are protected under the Youth Criminal Justice Act. When I tell you what these kids did, then I think we should have a conversation again about what the Youth Criminal Justice Act is and what it's supposed to do and how it's failing us as a society. So we'll get to that coming up. First off, uh, Plenty of Fish, the dating site. Has released their annual list of dating trends from this year. And they always come up with some fun names for the behaviors that we endeavor to uh take on in a year. So are Sorry. you ready for the list?
1: I guess so, yeah.
0: Fauciing. This year, Fauciing is declining to date somebody because you feel they don't take the pandemic seriously okay. enough.
1: OK, so maybe and it's in one scenario you could give an example of is like, oh, you're talking to someone in social media. Let's say it's a girl looking at these photos of a guy. And oh, it seems like, uh, you know, on social, he's out and about about quite a lot. And I don't really care to hang around him if his bubble includes 542 people, apparently. So I'm out.
0: Or it could be as simple as you meet the perfect person. They are great in every single way. And then you find out they're an anti masker and think, oh, I can't do that. I can't date an anti masker. You're Fauciing. You're declining to date somebody because they don't take the pandemic seriously enough. Then there's masquerading. masquerading. That's kind of the opposite. It's when you pretend to care about masks and the pandemic, even though you don't, <laughs> just so people will date you.
1: Okay, and dating aside, there's people that do that regularly all the time i think right they're like oh yeah absolutely no we haven't no we haven't seen people either no we haven't had any (laughs) get-togethers but on the weekend they saw like 50 people all Mm -hmm. crammed in one little room together so i think there's a lot of fakers out there regardless of whether it's a better relationship or not
0: apocalypsing plenty of fish defines that as treating every relationship like it's your last and getting way too serious too quickly a third of single people say they know someone who's done it. Okay, but hasn't everybody at one point gotten a little too serious before the other person did? Or you got there before they did? They got there before you did. It's it's just one of those things, right? I mean, sometimes you think you've met the one. Like, mm-hmm. fuck it. Cancel the profiles. Scrub all the social media pictures of my ex. This, this is, is the one. This is it. When they're really just interested in casual dating for now. Apocalypsing. Then there's sanitizing. It's not a COVID thing. That's when you do what I just said: delete all the photos and wipe all the evidence of past relationships off your social media. Mm-hmm. End gaming. End gaming.
1: End gaming. Okay, so that's got to be canceling someone somehow.
0: It's when you accidentally, or maybe accidentally but kind of intentionally, send a racy photo or video to someone you're dating. Uh, Let's just cut to the chase. You want to know what my dick looks like? Here you Whoa, go.
1: Oh <laughs> yeah, that's too, too, like, it too much too soon, right?
0: Notice you're staring at my tits. Here's what they look like. <laughs> One of those kind of deals. That's end gaming when you cut the foreplay and just go boom, oh, right wow. to it. Okay. Folkloring, they say, is being so focused on that fairy tale romance that your expectations can't possibly meet reality. All right. You know, when you've built that person up in your head and you think, yeah, here's my Disney fairy tale. And then it turns out they're a farter. Then it turns out, oh, they're an anti masker. Then it turns out they're actually Did a. Can you say of
1: a they're character.
0: a farter? It could be a farter. <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> they fart, I'm out.
0: Waldoing.
1: <laughs> I can't wait to hear this one.
0: Waldoing. Is when someone only posts group photos on their dating profile, so it's hard to tell which one they are.
1: (laughs) Oh, my gosh. That's great. That is great. I like that.
0: Stock blocking. That's when you make all of your social media accounts private, so nobody can creep you or research you before they go out with you. Mm. Stock blocking.
1: Stock block. Okay, that's new. Yeah.
0: You'll appreciate this one as a Bucks fan. There's (laughs) Bradying.
1: Okay, you ditch someone, right? You ditch someone hard. Like the, is that like the new ghost? It wouldn't necessarily be ghosting, though. What is it?
0: Bradying is a dig at Tom Brady. It's when you end a long-term relationship, even though everybody says it's a mistake to end that relationship.
1: <laughs> hey, he's fine. <laughs> he made the right choice.
0: And finally, this is an honorable mention. It didn't make the top 10, but it's the hay and pray. That's when you play the numbers game on your dating apps and you just spam a whole bunch of people with things like, hi, or hey there. Two-thirds of women who use dating apps say that's happened to them when somebody just throws out a hey but they're actually sending it to lots of people just hoping they're going to get a reply. You don't even need to be on a dating site for that to happen. It's
1: the fucking worst. If you don't have something to say, don't send anything at all. A hey or a hi, is that seriously the icebreaker you're going with? Are you fucking kidding me? You have nothing else? Say something or don't. It's so infuriating to me when I get a hi or a hey. What do you think this is? Yo, am I supposed to sit here and get you to fill out a fucking questionnaire about what you want? Tell me what you want. What are you What are you messaging for? Do you have a purpose? You look like a loser when you do that.
0: You totally look like a loser. But you know, I mean, hey, uh, we're we're guilty of it in this industry. I'll, I'll give you um, uh, an equivalency here. Every now and again, when somebody hands you a microphone, you do a test one two or a is this thing on. It's the same sort of thing. No, when you go a while not. without getting any replies, you no. just throw out a couple of hey there's or that's, hey now and a, see if you get a reply.
1: No, there's a purpose to doing stuff like that. You were testing something. That's the purpose of it. If, you're, if your purpose of saying hey or hi is to start a conversation, you're fucking terrible at starting conversations.
0: Yeah. You're bad at starting conversations. Cat's absolutely Guess right. Guess what? Something tangible, please. No one's going to touch your dick by saying hi or
1: hey. No dick has ever been touched by the start of a hey or hi.
0: I might disagree with you on that. There's a lot of thirsty girls out there that just want to touch a dick, any dick.
1: (laughs) And you start with hey, and they're like, I'm on it. (laughs) <laughs> I don't know those girls, and I don't really care to know those girls. I
0: want that in my mouth right
1: now. Did you just say, I want to I wanna get with you? No, they said, hey and hi. They're, like, what's the, inte- what's the intellectual level there? Think about it.
0: So you're saying it's a no-go. It's a non Oh,
1: no, that one drives me crazy. <laughs> it's the equivalent on Kijiji of someone going, this still available?
0: Oh, for fuck's and sake.
1: And then when you re- even when you reply, which I hate doing, and saying, yeah, they ghost you
0: they ghost you yeah i, I hear you that's a frustrating thing is there any pop like soda that you like like truly like maybe even beyond like maybe that you love
1: oh i'm going to throw out uh, a line
0: of sodas <laughs> very american of you by the way very soda well i know we've got such a huge american audience do, and i'm trying do. to make it relatable we, you mentioned way- remembrance day i said soda <laughs> we're practically citizens at this point
1: we uh i i will throw out one that i don't know how many people have heard of but it's called zevia and it's a stevia based pop or soda so it's uh, no, there's no sugar in it. It's almost like a diet, but you you get rid of the aspartame and the sucralose and all that other junk. They use Stevia, which is a natural a- extract. So I do like the line of Zevia products. And there's a cola and there's a root beer I like. And oh, the cream soda is actually pretty good. And I haven't had a cream soda since I was like a child. But anyway, so yes, there are pops or sodas that I do enjoy.
0: Mountain Dew has got a cookbook coming out next week.
1: Okay, so are we cooking food using uh, Mountain Dew? Yep. Okay. Yep. All right.
0: Um, They say it's a love letter to the fans of Mountain Dew. It is a way to do the Dew in your kitchen as well. It'll be $30. You can get it starting next month on Mountain Dew's website. These are all recipes that involve Mountain Dew.
1: Okay, you I know mean, I've heard of people using like Coke in their food or in their in their cooking process before. Okay. I don't know many people that have used Mountain Dew. Have you?
0: Uh, no, to be honest with you, I've never heard of one single recipe that involves Mountain Dew other than alcohol. And maybe there is some booze in this thing. I'm not really sure. Maybe that'll be the last minute add on, or for the audiobook version, I don't know. But uh, there's a lot of people who cook with root beer. A lot of really good barbecue sauces. Mm-hmm are based in root beer. So I totally get it. I've just never tried with Mountain Dew. To be honest with you, the thought of mixing Mountain Dew with salt and olive oil just seems a little fucking weird, to be honest with you. (laughs) I can't imagine what that would taste like. Right. They say it includes recipes with Guy Fieri-style names, like Badass Breakfasts, dipping with Dew, Dang Good Desserts, and Liquid Legends. Oh, so that'll probably be the booze. Okay. Do you ever talk to your partner about sexual issues? It's rhetorical. This is for people listening right now, Kat. I don't want to know what you talk to your husband about.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Let me lay all my sexual issues on the line. Okay, why do you ask everybody that?
0: This is from Durex. They did a little research, like they always are doing. They say one in five people have never openly discussed sex with their partner, but That same survey also found one in five people will talk to their mom about their sexual issues.
1: Whoa, something does not seem right there.
0: One in five people say they openly talk to their mom about sexual issues. 20% won't talk to their partner about it. Do the math and it kind of adds up, doesn't it? Mm -hmm. Is there really 20% of the population out there that would rather talk to their mother about the fact that they can't get hard <laughs> in an appropriate amount of time oh or that they can't have an orgasm from intercourse or what, yes. but won't talk to their partner about that. That
1: doesn't seem right to me. I mean, communication is key in a relationship, and that includes communicating about everything, everything. So, I mean, I'm, I tend to say that's messed up.
0: The survey found adults are uh, keen to sidestep the subject of vaginal dryness That 27% would rather just cope with it than discuss it with their partner. With half of those polled, considering sex to be a taboo subject, they say it leaves adults feeling awkward, embarrassed, and avoiding the topic altogether.
1: Like, and we're talking people that are in relationships, right? Mm -hmm. Like, I mean, you're in a relationship with that person. And I understand that maybe that that would be awkward, right? Like, well, you might have noticed I didn't I didn't I didn't get hard there. So uh, you want to talk about it? Like, I know maybe for some people that's hard to bring up, but kind of leaving it in the dark, if both people are that type of person to just leave it lingering, that could be an issue.
0: Okay, but how in depth Can you go with your partner on this, I guess, is part of the the thing that people are somewhat afraid of. They'll feel comfortable talking to a close family member like their mother, but not necessarily their partner. Like when you get home from work, do you just throw your keys on the table and say, hey, hun, vag is a little dry today.
1: Yeah. Like what? the That's really
0: like. How do you even bring that up? Is that only in the context of bedroom activity? Do you have to schedule an appointment and say, "I'd like to talk to you later on tonight about my dry vagina"? Does it work like that, or can you just bring it up spur of the moment? I mean, we're all
1: we're all humans. We should, if there's an issue, most definitely, you got to bring it up at some point. Whether you you choose to do it after, right afterwards, maybe that's the best time to get them. Right, like, hey, everyone's feeling good now. Now let's talk about the issues we had at the beginning of that, though. Right, I know. Again, mm-hmm. it's weird. And... Yeah, it was
0: real rough getting going there. Sorry uh, <laughs> about that.
1: Yeah, you know, like, <laughs> I understand that it seems awkward, but if you're with the right person, it shouldn't be. It shouldn't Honey, be. Can you
0: add uh, a lube to the shopping list this week, please? Uh, for no reason. We can talk about it later.
1: Or hey, like, you know what? You want me to change it up next time? I say we change it up and do this. You know, but, but positive spins, positive spins. Like, you know what? Why don't I try doing this so that you can be happy and reach that climax you oh so want? Or whatever. I don't know. Come up with a way to do it. Because if you're not, you're not doing yourself or your partner any favors.
0: It's not just the act of sex they say that people struggle with. Masturbation is an uncomfortable subject for some partners to talk to their partner about.
1: Like, in what way?
0: I don't See, it's not really broken down. Like, again, is that the kind of conversation where um i don't know because i'm home all day and my girlfriend for example is at work all day if she comes over to my place am i supposed to greet her at the door and say wow i really i really fucking tugged it hard today (laughs) let me tell you like i'm exhausted
1: yeah i don't i think it's one of those like i don't think you need to talk about it unless it becomes maybe an issue i i but i don't i don't know i don't think it needs to be talked about all the time right
0: Pornography was another uncomfortable subject that people found to be taboo. Honey, I watched the best fucking threesome video today. Oh, you got to see it. It was great. Yeah, just here. here bu- uh, take your shoes off and come in the living room. Let me put it on the big screen for you. Are we having those conversations or are there some things that are still private? You know, That's what I'm wondering.
1: In getting deeper into this, pun intended, in getting deeper into this though, survey, I, I, I do know in some cases there are people in relationships and maybe the same reason that you fell for that person, you like that they were so true to you and honest and loyal, uh, sometimes can become a thing because, for example, you might have one person that wants to get a little bit uh thinking outside the box in the bedroom for example like hey maybe we could introduce porn and the other person you know is very much against it and maybe you love that uh in the beginning we've even had people when we've done whisper threads on the radio who fully admitted like i love my husband but he is not into anything Like he will not explore anything, but him and I in you know missionary as an example, right? Or him and I, just him and I, not even a a talk about bringing in a a a vibrator into the situation. So I could see maybe that being an issue when you know the other person. Is not interested in the thoughts that you have, or doesn't want to think about you masturbating or doing anything to pleasure yourself without their company present.
0: Isn't that just such a possessive I, thing? I, though, well, I, we could get into
1: the, the 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 sociology of it and the everything else that goes along with it easily. Absolutely, I don't disagree with you there. But you know that that is the case. For relationships out there, because we've heard about it before, where one person decides, hey, I'd kind of like to do this. And the other person's like, no, no, you get on your back and you do you do what you've done for for five years. So I know that sounds really bad, but it is the truth
0: in some cases. Okay, Let me ask you a question, then, if it's not taboo and not something we should be uh, ashamed of, if it's something that we should openly discuss. If I am – if we're both sitting on the couch watching something shitty on TV, like if she's got 90-day fiancé on again, Mm -hmm. can I just say, I'm going to go upstairs and jerk off? Can I do that or is that – or should I just sneak upstairs and pull it? I don't know if you need
1: to make that announcement. Um, (laughs) I (laughs) shall jerk it. (laughs) I will return in two minutes or less. (laughs) like i don't think it needs to be a big deal but i mean she may ask you when you come back a little winded and red hey what were you doing ah you know just uh i just
0: ripped it hard (laughs) holy cow
1: you know but but it's all within the context of your relationship you should know i assume your girlfriend's reaction for an example if you said that you will probably Mm -hmm. already know if she'll laugh if she'll go you're disgusting if she'll say we need to break up. Like You should already be able to gauge what, how she'd feel if you said that to her, right? So I think in a lot of these cases, the people know that person well enough to know that they can't say those things or they won't dare say those things.
0: Okay, so where are we at? Am I telling her or not?
1: <laughs> <laughs> it's you. You go ahead and tell her. You tell me what she says. <laughs>
0: maybe maybe I can try and catch her off guard before she hears this episode
1: <laughs> do it do it oh that's awesome make it that's something great. weird though don't even make it 90 day fiance wait till you're watching like a really serious documentary on something really fucked up and then be like I'm gonna go jerk it <laughs> <laughs> like you're in the middle of watching don't fuck with cats on Netflix and then be like yeah uh, I gotta go release
0: one really horny right now I'll be back in a few minutes yeah <laughs> the covid numbers are getting a little uh, creepy here now aren't they mm-hmm, mm-hmm. we set a new record yesterday again in ontario and it's weird uh justin never misses an opportunity to get on tv he did a news conference again yesterday with dr Teresa tam
1: ah uh, theresa and justin you must be so excited about that you you do uh, not hide your hate for these people
0: no i don't i don't hate the prime minister i just hate the way he acts sometimes he could be such a so much better a prime minister if he would just stop the shady shit and just be a statesman. That's all he has to do. Dude, you want to fly around the world and hobnob with Angela Merkel and Boris Johnston and the list goes on. So go ahead and fucking do it. Just keep your shit above board. Like they just fired another. Well, actually, she quit before they could fire her. But another liberal MP that apparently hired her sister to work in the campaign office. And rumor has it she told the other staff. Keep it on the down low. We're going to give her a different name around the office. But she was collecting a good salary, working for her sister at the constituency office. Shit like that isn't OK. I just wish that we could cut the shit and just have a, a statesman, someone to represent Canada. And we don't even really need him to lead here because we've got Christian Freeland and she's doing just great. Like, Justin, don't make any decisions. Just be the model, the playboy, fly around, do all your stuff, hang out with the world leaders, golf if you're interested. I don't give a shit. Just stop the shady shit. But anyway, yesterday he came out and I kind of see a showdown coming. I really do. Because yesterday Justin used the media to speak directly to the mayors and premiers of Canada. And he said, don't use the economy as an excuse to keep your economy open, don't blame it on money. If you have a COVID problem where you are right now, and you need to put more public health measures in, like a lockdown, do it. Do it. And he said again, we've got your back. Uh, Okay, all right. Well, two grand is a start, but it certainly isn't covering most people's bills. The rent bill that they've got still isn't in place we still don't have a student program that was due in like what fucking june i mean it's not foolproof by any means but i'm sure that people do appreciate at least getting the CERB that they did get but nonetheless it was almost like he was daring them to lock down and a reporter i wish i knew who it was because it was a great question very insightful asked him again about the emergency measures act That would give him the power to supersede the premiers and the mayors and impose a national lockdown if he wanted to. And he said he's not there yet. Mm -hmm. He wants the mayors and the premiers to not focus on the economy, just focus on stopping the spread of the pandemic. So my question is. If we have, for example, Doug Ford and John Tory here, that's Ontario and Toronto's leaders, if they say no, we're not going to shut down indoor dining again unless this gets a lot worse. Or we're not going to close the gyms again because we saw what happened the last time. And there's really no evidence that having them closed stopped the spread any. If they stand firm on that, at what point do you think it almost becomes a showdown between Trudeau and Ford?
1: Oh, I think the numbers would have to get way worse before any kind of showdown occurs.
0: But you can tell Justin doesn't want to make that call. No, you can tell he doesn't want to be the one to say shut her down, but he kind of wants it shut down. Uh,
1: he, it's easier, I think, when you are the, a person like Justin Trudeau, and if you think about it, kind of in uh, in the form of a triangle, which is what it is, right? You've got you've got the the lead of that country looking down on all those provinces, the leaders of the provinces looking down on all the city's mayors in that province. For example, it is so much harder as someone like a, a, a Doug to take a look. And, and really go – and he goes and visits these places. He visits these cities. He talks to these business owners every day. That's kind of a part of what he does. And he gave he, out his
0: phone number so they could call him if they've got a concern.
1: He knows how bad they're hurting. He doesn't want to make that call. He sees them face-to-face. It's almost like the guy from uh, up there on the, the 10th floor bringing you into the office telling you, oh, you're going to have to fire this person and this person. Okay, have a great day. Go do it. Right? Right? That's basically what it seems like to me is he would – which, by the way, he's not saying at this point. Justin Trudeau's not saying, do these things. He's saying, I'm going to leave it up to you guys to figure it out. And I really do hope that he genuinely means I'm leaving it up to you to figure out because – well, just as an example, I mean, Doug Ford knows what's up. He knows what's going on. He, I think he truly knows when to pull the plug on what and when to get serious. I think he's done a fabulous job so far. So I'm glad at this point that Trudeau's saying to each province their own. I mean, you look at Manitoba, they're on a complete fucking lockdown now. Is it starts today or tomorrow? Tomorrow. So starting tomorrow. And that's left up to the leader of the province. And that's what they decide because that leader of that province as it should be, as they Ryan get paid Pallister. to do, knows best what is in the, the best interest of that province. Some people might be pissed about it, business owners especially, but maybe they even know, hey, this is really getting out of control. So, and if you do it now, like we said at the beginning of the pandemic, you do it now, you lock it down for a bit, it's going to help, and it's not going to hurt. It's, it's better to do this now for maybe a shorter period of time than have it so fucking out of control come January, February, that you've got to shut down for four months For example, just to try to get things under control. So you have to trust that each provincial leader knows what's best for their province. And again, so I I
0: take it you would not support Justin using the Emergency Measures Act to impose a national lockdown. Okay. Well, one thing I do want to point out is whoever it is in Doug's office that listens, maybe it's Doug himself. Maybe you got it on in the SUV on the way back to your place. if you go back to the red here and we have to close the non-essential businesses and it's going to be curbside pickup only and do all your christmas shopping online companies like best buy, walmart, amazon they're going to do fine. People are shopping for christmas and and some people are are going to have a limited income, but what they do buy, they'll likely buy online. This is specifically going to hurt the small businesses that don't have the infrastructure in place to do curbside pickup as efficiently as Amazon or Best Buy or Walmart or EB Games. The big companies, they'll be fine. It's the small ones that I worry about, and they're the biggest employer in the country, small business. So I really hope... I appreciate the fact that he has got a huge decision to make, but it's come in time when a decision is going to need to be made. I mean, hell, yesterday we had 1,388 new COVID cases in Ontario alone. 55 more people are in hospital in that 24-hour period. 15 new deaths. Record-setting numbers of new infections. So if it keeps going like this, he will have a tough decision to make. But also, let's keep in mind here... There's a lot of assholes that held Halloween parties, big ones. And we're just now we're not even two weeks out from Halloween. We're, I think, 11 days now since Halloween. And over the next couple of days, we can probably expect to see some pretty scary numbers. Case in point, police in London, Ontario, have now charged two people because of a house party that was held on Halloween. These assholes had 100 people in one house.
1: Mm
0: A hundred. Yeah. There's no way they thought that was okay, So the police showed up. I can't figure out why they only charged the homeowner and one person who was at the party. Both of them have court dates coming up in January. This is a prime example of where somebody should get dinged for the whole $10,000 fine, right? Uh, You
1: would think that it's in place for a reason. You think that fine is in place for a reason. If not this, then what are you waiting for for that fine? What are you waiting for someone to do?
0: Okay, let's talk. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. No, I
1: was just going to say, I figure it would have been used. It's kind of disappointing.
0: Yeah, More people should be getting charged that flagrantly defy the rules. And that wasn't a protest of any kind. It was a Halloween party. Everybody was in costume. It was in a house on Halloween night. I mean, we know what it is. Charge people. Uh, the Youth Criminal Justice Act is something that has plagued me for a long time. Uh, I simply don't understand the the logic of it. Uh, It's one of the things that I would likely take on if I ever do run for office. And and here's a prime example of why three boys and two girls, all youth protected under the Youth Criminal Justice Act, were arrested on Monday night. It was around six thirty. Two passengers on an L.R.T. train were harassed, spit on and had racial racial slurs yelled at them. The teens and preteens. That's right. Some of them were below teenage years pulled a knife, and made death threats toward the victims. Now, when those passengers tried to get off the LRT, they threw rocks at them. <laughs> then they set a fire in an underground garbage container at wow. a plaza. So the fire department had to come and put that out. Then they went to a grocery store in the area, confronted a man, spit in his face, and started hurling racial slurs at him. Then they pulled the knife back out and robbed him. Five teen and preteen age kids arrested but again they're charged under or they're protected under the youth criminal justice act so we can't tell you any more than that. Yeah. Is that necessary anymore if young people are committing uh, very serious crimes like that? You could make a case that that was um uh let's see armed robbery, you could make a claim that that was a hate motivated crime. You could call that um a Assault causing bodily harm, mischief with intent. There's any number of charges they could have been charged with, but we don't even have the full list of fucking charges because of that act.
1: That's yeah, it's messed up that we that it is messed up to me. I think obviously if you're a victim in any situation as a youth, never a name, never a name. But these aren't victims. Um, and that's,
0: OK, but when these assholes eventually if they're found guilty, I have to say that this is just an accusation at this point. I'll assume the police did their homework, though. When these people uh, uh, turn 16 and they want to go and apply for their first job at uh, Canadian Tire or or at uh, Sport Check or wherever kids apply for their first job, once that HR person does a little Google search on them, shouldn't that come up? Shouldn't you know the person you're hiring that you, pulled a knife on somebody and called them every racial slur in the book?
1: Do you believe that people – could you believe that young people – like I'm talking 13, 14, 15-year-olds – Can change.
0: I believe that we all are born with an inherent set of values and most of us from a very young age are taught right from wrong there is no way that I can understand that these kids didn't know that what they were doing was wrong we all make mistakes and I get that there are people good people who have committed crimes that they wouldn't normally do it's very out of character that sort of thing okay fine these kids went on a crime spree.
1: Yeah. I understand. I can't I feel,
0: imagine that they thought this was okay.
1: I feel like there's got to be some kind of a middle ground because I, I don't love the Youth Criminal Justice Act. I don't, especially when you hear that the kids are like 17. They're just there. They're at the cusp, but we'll never know. I, I, uh, but I, I'm trying to think of it from a parent angle, too. What if you've tried everything for your kid? What if this was your kid? Okay. What if this is your son who's a gr- great kid? So I have no problem using his, him as, as an example. What if when he was 17, he just went on a fucking tear and you tried your best to wrangle him in? You truly did everything you could think of. You hired people to help. You tried to get him into programs and he really just was absolutely out of control. And then he went and he found a group of people that were like minded. He went and did this and his name is published every single place. How would you feel as a parent to know that your your kid's name is out there for everyone to read and see the next day? even well, though you tried be for an adult you know people are going to attack you the first instinct from when we told that story is 100 percent a lot of people thinking where the fuck were the parents what are the parents thinking? the parents are idiots so is that what you would want as a parent too for people to know that that's your kid like that you have to think of it from every angle so i feel like that said there's got to be some kind of a middle ground where we can protect those who are kind of it's the first time It's the first time doing it. Okay, you get a pass. But if there's multiple offenders ever, absolutely. We need to put this on a record.
0: What if it's a compromise? What if we let's solve this problem right here? What if they continue to enjoy the anonymity that they are afforded under the Youth Criminal Justice Act? But the judge, as soon as they're arraigned, makes a decision and we count on our appointed judges, legal scholars to make the decision about whether or not this is an adult crime and if they are tried as an adult they get a as much of an adult punishment as you can get or we give them that youth punishment but the probation is maybe three four times longer than it would be for an adult i.e if you're 13 and rob somebody at knife point and call them the n word to their face and spit in their face during a pandemic okay all right we'll we'll Give you those protections under the Youth Criminal Justice Act. But just so you know, you're on probation until you're 25. And if you fuck up even once before you're 25, Mm -hmm. those protections come off as long as you're past 18. Yeah. Is that a reasonable compromise? Yeah,
1: I think so. Because like I said, there's a middle ground. That could be one great example of what that middle ground is. You fucked up once. Because there's some kids out there that did they, they fucked up, right? They got caught doing something stupid. Or mm-hmm. they did something dumb because they felt pressured to do it. It happens to everybody, just on different levels. This happens to be an extreme level. It doesn't mean that they're not full of regret. There might be one kid, quote unquote, in that group of kids that's like, Fuck, man! I was seriously just along for the ride. I didn't do anything, and now my name is going to be squandered. So you don't want it to happen to those people who are truly kind-hearted. Some of those assholes are going to be adult assholes, so we will know their name eventually, anyway. But that said, yeah, I don't. Dis- I think that that'd be a great compromise. Hey, you turn twenty-five. 25- you know what? Even younger. I don't care. You know what you're doing at twenty-two years old. You know what you're doing at twenty years old. So you turn twenty. And you do. You fuck up one time. Guess what? All that other shit you did under the age of 18, come into light, bud.
0: Very good, cat. I think we just solved a problem here. Great. We're good. I think we solved a Fabulous. problem.
1: Woof! That was all in a, all in a podcast work.
0: Okay. Oh, uh, finally, we won't spend a ton of time on it because we've already gone long. Oh, actually, before I get to that, the COVID numbers for today just came in. Uh-oh. Another new record. Uh-oh. 1,426 new cases of COVID.
1: <laughs> We're all going to be seeing red soon.
0: Get this, cat. Peel Outpaced Toronto. 468 new infections in Peel, 384 in Toronto, 180 in York Region, 63 in Durham, 62 in Hamilton. Only 886 more cases are resolved, and that's after 36,700 tests.
1: Okay, listen, we have a lot of listeners in Brampton. We get all those statistics. We have a Mm -hmm. lot of listeners out of Brampton. What is going on? I'd like to, I'm trying to figure out. What is going on there? Like, Toronto, you know, you can understand when you think about it from a glance, right? You're like, okay, close quarters, people, whatever, schools, blah. And Brampton is packed with people, too. But what specifically is it in Brampton compared to, like, your Mississauga, for example? Like, Mississauga is in Peel, too, so I'm assuming that there's going to be some here. But I'm hearing a lot about Brampton specifically.
0: So am I. Uh,
1: What is it about Brampton? Why? Um... I mean, we could all venture a guess, I suppose. But if you're if you know stuff, if you know that there's people participating in shit that they're not s- supposed to be doing, or mm. maybe these are families um, sharing it amongst each other. I mean, and then it blows up from there. I don't know. Are there w- a secret weddings happening in Brampton? We don't know about <laughs> because it, a ton of them seem to be escalating in Brampton.
0: Yeah, I- I'm not gonna venture a guess on that. I know that there's a lot of people who have no shortage of opinions. Everything from uh, religious to cultural to uh, general um, misunderstanding of what is being told asked of them by public health. Okay. There's a lot of reasons. Uh, I personally... Well,
1: it's an ethnic... Look, let's just be real. It's a very ethnically diverse area. For sure. So all of those things you're saying, I assume you mean some of them might not understand? Is that what you mean? Because they don't speak English?
0: Uh, some of them don't speak English right. very well. Okay. That's definitely part of it. There are... Um, uh, A lot of reasons that that Brampton could be leading. One thing I will say, though, is, fuck, that sucks if you live in Caledon. Caledon I feel Caledon. bad for you because right. you're you're right there with all of peel even though you don't really have that big a problem in right. Caledon right now but because you border Brampton uh, that's a problem same with Mississauga I mean their numbers aren't fantastic no. but they're a lot better than Brampton
1: yeah that's exactly what I was wondering because Mississauga I don't know the population difference I'll be honest with you between Mississauga and Brampton but it's also this I mean the same things would go for Mississauga really as the area of Brampton they're they're similar. Right, so I just I just wonder what it is specifically about Brampton and why their numbers are so shit lately, specifically there. But it sucks for all of Peel. It sucks. I mean, oh, it sucks for Toronto too. Like it's How- the businesses I think about.
0: How about Georgetown? And Halton Hills, right there on the border with Brampton, mm-hmm. probably thinking you f- you stay on your side of the border. <laughs> mm-hmm. What is it, Mississauga Road, I think? Is it, is it Winston Churchill, Mississauga Road? That Let's say it's sense. Mississauga Road. Yeah, you guys stay over there in Peel. Our restaurants are fine. You, you guys just stay there. Peel region, leading the province. Finally, uh, we don't have time for this, so I'll just say it quickly. It's on our Facebook page if you want to join the conversation. There is a Scott & Cat Facebook page. Marco Muzo. The drunk driver who killed three children and their grandfather has been denied full parole, but the Parole Board of Canada has extended his day parole for six more months. That includes, though, some restrictions that he cannot drink alcohol and he cannot enter the city of Brampton. The 34-year-old is serving a 10-year sentence for impaired driving causing death and impaired driving causing bodily harm. From that crash that was now five years ago. There's so many people on our Facebook page that are commenting, money talks, money talks. He bought off the judge. Oh, the judge is in on it, blah, blah, blah. I don't know who the judge was. I don't. But I I do know that it's very difficult to bribe a judge. Uh, I would think that this is a combination of a very good lawyer, and I would think that it's also partially our justice system. This is the punishment that most people would get for impaired driving, causing death and bodily harm. And
1: by we- the way, I will I will mention because I've I've talked about similar things like this with our own Mr. D on our radio station. He says it's not a justice system. It's just a law system. There's no justice in it. And I think that nails it mm. right there. There's no sure justice does. system. It's just
0: a law system. Yeah. I mean, a lot of people <clears throat> in the same circumstance would get that. We don't have concurrent sentences here. Maybe if he'd been given 10 years for each kid and the grandfather, well, he'd be doing 40 years. And I think a lot of people would be fairly satisfied with that. But to only get 10 years and day parole, not even five years in, to have his day parole extended for six more months with fairly loose restrictions. I mean, let's be honest. Uh, there's a lot of people who have a hard time with that. And believe me, I get it. And all I can ask of you is what I asked over a year ago in this podcast. I believe it was season two. We were having an election at the time. Ask more of your public officials. The next time you get one of those fuckers knocking on your door saying, Hey, I'm running for parliament. I'd like your vote. Ask them how they feel about stuff like this. Ask them what they're going to do about injustices. Ask them if there's any laws that they feel need to be changed when it comes to um, crime and punishment, when it comes to the Youth Criminal Justice Act. Don't be afraid to ask those questions. And even if it's not a campaign, you can phone your member of parliament anytime and set up a meeting. Right now, they're all being done virtually. But generally speaking, if you're a constituent, your member of parliament or member of provincial parliament is obligated to meet with you. Ask questions. And you know what? Vote accordingly. If people don't want to get tough on crime, but you personally feel that we should be tough on crime, well, maybe you're going to have to switch your vote. And you know what? Maybe you feel that after 10 years, Mr. Muzo there has learned his lesson and he's reformed. Okay. All right. Then that means the system works. But don't be afraid to ask questions. And on that, we got to wrap it up.
1: Yeah, we really do. Thank you. Hit subscribe. Tell a friend. Uh, we appreciate you guys. And we... Leave us a review. Leave us a review. Sure. Yeah, as long as it's good. I mean, don't
0: leave me. us. <laughs> I mean, don't leave us a shitty review or anything. If you hate us,
1: just, you know what? Just ignore us, like you do anything keep, else in life.
0: Keep your move negative on. opinions to yourself. Just move along. You know, like
1: why can't you just move on? Um, have a great day.